America. Bonjour. Hi, Canada. From the ReliefFactor.com studio inside the Beltway, I am Hugh Hewitt. Thank you so much for listening to me. That music means it's time for the Hillsdale Dialogue, our weekly last hour of radio. There are 15 hours of radio for me each week on the 15th. I am joined by either Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College, or one of his great colleagues from Hillsdale to talk about big things, big issues, and big ideas. Last week, it was Professor Adam Carrington. This week, it is Dr. Arn. Dr. Arn, welcome back. We really liked Adam Carrington. Did you? Yeah. He's not that good, though, is he? No, we loved him. Oh. Actually, we, we thought he was great. Yeah, he's kind of a bright young star of the faculty. And no, I'm I mean, afraid, if you I'm just wanted to take to a few him. weeks off, you know, a couple of months, three months, four months, we, we liked him. Yeah, okay, okay. And what, what, if, what, what if you took time off? Do you think people would oh, be happy about that? that? <laughs> How was your, your trip to the Pacific Northwest? I was afraid you weren't going to come back or come back with a lumberjack shirt or you might have been smoking, you know, feeding edibles into your food. I was actually in Northern California last week, and it was great. And I'm going to Oregon this tomorrow, well, Monday. And uh, and that'll, you know, we have a, we have a big... We have a lot of people who pay attention to us in Oregon, and that's kind of amazing, isn't it? It is, but I'm worried about you because yeah. the Bigfoot could get you, the Dopers could get you. That's when you go to Oregon. If you get out to Corvallis, especially, you got to be careful. <laughs> it's uh, well, yeah, it's a different put. So people keep telling me to watch that show, Portlandia. I don't they, watch it. No, it's it's because they, they it's so depressing, it to me, and it's it is what it looks like the way they <laughs> describe it. <laughs> All right. Now, look, we are um, I have been using an analogy that you will understand. Bruce Catton, I believe you might have even known him. I just read his books. And I think that Thursday last before the Mueller report dropped was the high water mark of the resistance and that everything we have seen for a week has been the collapse, the route of the resistance into and in like six different directions. They're retreating everywhere. But after Antietam, uh, McClellan did not pursue and after Gettysburg, Meade did not pursue. But I think this is like when Grant takes command. That was a Bruce Catton book about when Grant takes command in 1860. He intended to fight on that line if it takes all summer. I listened to President Trump in Michigan last night. He is on offense. <laughs> well, is that surprising? <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of Stonewall Jackson about stuff like that. Yeah, um, he is. He uh, Lincoln, Lincoln was disappointed in his generals until Grant and Sherman and Sheridan. Not not fully disappointed, but with many of them fully. And the the thing that those guys had was they knew where the battle was and they stayed in it. And uh, it, it you know it, in Virginia where Grant took way the most casualties in American history in the summer of 1864. They uh, that was a terribly difficult place to fight and he just kept at it every day and doubled down and doubled uh, down now let me play you a little trump audio from last night about what's going to come next cut number 15 delusions the republican party is the party for all americans it's what we want to be it's the way we want to live he, he was saying that. He also said this, cut number um, seven. They're coming back. They're coming back fast. This has been an incredible couple of weeks for America. Yeah. 
The economy is roaring. The ISIS caliphate is defeated 100%. And after three years of lies and smears and slander, the Russia hoax is finally dead. And finally, he said this, cut number 12. They have to be, I'm sorry, they have to be accountable. He was talking about the media, Dr. Arn. Did that not sound like someone going over to the offense? Yeah, and he's, he, he's been that way, but now he's got something, you know, to talk about. Because it, it is embarrassing. I mean, the two most important parts of the report, I think, are, first of all, we find no evidence of collusion with Russia by anybody close to Trump. And then, and then they, about this obstruction of justice thing, you and I have talked about this a lot. There's a high constitutional question whether the president would be guilty of obstruction of justice by firing somebody who works for him. And they say that absent considerations of that, without thinking about the fact that he's the president and his constitutional powers, we don't find anything here to prosecute. That, but you have seized on the lawyer's lawyering. Uh, what what Rosen, Rod Rosenstein agreed with with Barr is that put aside all that constitutional stuff, there is no uh, uh, underlying crime, which does not make an obstruction case impossible, just unlikely. And I've asked everyone I know, has anyone ever seen an obstruction crime prosecuted without an underlying crime? And they all say, no, theoretically, it's possible. And Barr and Rosenstein said, it ain't close. This is not most of this stuff was done in public. They're talking about the president firing Comey. And it's just not even close. So he's exonerated. Whether or not the left wants to understand that, he is exonerated. And I think in that exoneration, there's such energy. And I think there's also capitulation. You know the five stages of grief, Dr. Arndt. Uh, (laughs) Anger, denial, bargaining, depression, acceptance. We're still in anger and denial in the media. Yeah, it'll go on for a while. Uh, But they'll, you know, I I would think, because first of all, I've, it's been very bad. Uh, you know, the media is bad, and the media has always been bad. The media was bad in 1788. And, and uh, so, but this is remarkable, isn't it? Um, how can you, you know, night after night and week after week, write and talk, on to write in the papers and talk on TV and radio. And tweet. Uh, and tweet to your, each other. Tweet to each other about this. You know, this collusion with Russia and not mention consistently that the first evidence for it comes from a, from a political hit piece. And that's just, you know, really? I mean, in the academic world, there's a lot of lying and cheating in the academic world, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's not growing. But that's just, you know, you have to teach students not to do that, right? Yes. What is yes. the point against you? Aren't you supposed to mention that? And even the, the, the core, the core finding. I want to repeat this: after 650 days, 19 lawyers, 40 FBI agents, assorted technical support, 2,800 subpoenas, 500 witness interviews, 15 cooperating agreements with foreign governments. Not one American, not one, much less the president or his family or his campaign team, not one did a single act of colluding with the Russians who did, in fact, attack us, which doesn't surprise you or me, because we've known about the Russians forever. Right? I, we were with Reagan. Yeah. Uh, but that is the core finding, and I am amazed that the media this week is doing everything it can not 
to repeat the core finding that there were no traitors. Yeah, um, call him, you know, he, he, Brennan, you know, a CIA director, a political one by his actions, called him, he, he could accuse the President of the United States of treason. And that's, wow. <laughs> Um, so anyway, yeah, it's it's staggering, and you know, I because it's staggering in the way it's staggering, it's going to go on in a new guise. I don't think it's going to stop. Uh, uh, it, it is. After the break, I'm going to play you Senators Cotton, Cornyn, and Hawley, and what they've had to say about the the reckoning we need here at the United States. But before we do that, Dr. Liam Fox said today there is a question before the House at 2:30 p.m. in Britain: Will the people's sovereignty be honored? Or will they breach that sovereignty? Because Theresa May has done something. She's thrown herself on the on the sword. She will uh, step down. She's doing everything she can. They're putting the political agreement aside. What's your advice to the leavers? Um, I, I think the DUP and everyone ought to go with Jacob Rees-Mogg and get out. What do you think, Larry Hart? That's what I think. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I wrote, it's a speculation what's going to happen in the world if they leave, what the market's going to do, all that stuff. And politicians are very afraid of that. And so there's two kinds of people in the conservative party, it looks to me like, who are hesitant about this. And one of them is the ones who never wanted to go, which is a majority of the, of the conservative cabinet. They gambled on this and thought they were losing seats to the United Kingdom Independence Party. And they thought, we'll put this to bed by having a national referendum. And then it didn't go the way they wanted. So there's them. They're, they're reluctant about this. But then the other ones are just nervous because it's a huge change, and there's no agreement to smooth it along. And my guess is it'll probably be fine for reasons you and I have talked about. It will be fine, but they do have to pull the Band-Aid off. And Liam Fox laid it down. The people voted. And Larry Arn likes to say the, the ultimate question is, Do the people rule the government or does the government rule the people? We'll talk about that when we come back to the Hillsdale Dialogue, all things Hillsdale at hillsdale.edu. Stay tuned, America. It's Hugh Hewitt in the ReliefFactor.com studio. This is the Hillsdale Dialogue, the last radio hour of the week with Dr. Larry Arnn of Hillsdale College. All things Hillsdale, all of them are collected at hillsdale.edu. And I encourage you to go there and drink deep uh, from the prudential considerations of how this country was founded and how it ought to be governed. And uh, go to Hugh for Hillsdale for all of our conversations dating back to 2013. Dr. Arnn, I want to play for you a little audio. Uh, This is Tom Cotton from Tuesday on what he thinks happened in 2016. Cut number 16. Do you think they tried to sabotage the transition? I do, Hugh. Um, I I think that they they rushed down an an ill-considered document um, that was, again, built on a fake dossier that is actually the only source of collusion with foreign intelligence, namely Christopher Steele, a discredited uh, former British intelligence officer who no doubt built most of the allegations in that dossier based on, yes, Russian intelligence services. So senior Obama administration officials attempted to sabotage the transition. That's your working premise? I, I don't think, based on what we've seen over the last three years, you can have any other working premise. I agree. And I think further, in, further inquiry will reveal exactly who they are. Some of them are well-known, some of them are not well-known, but further inquiry is needed. 
And then John Cornyn of Texas said this on Tuesday to me, cut number 17. I go back to Struck and Page and then the unmasking of sources uh, during the transition. And, and Senator Cotton and I were sp- focusing specifically on what happened during the transition. I don't know if our IC was involved in this beyond the senior level of the FBI. And I know the FBI is largely you know 95% unconnected to what happened here and ditto the intelligence community. But do you suspect the false flag was run against the Trump campaign during the transition? Well, I, I think uh, Director Brennan certainly hadn't covered himself in glory in all this. He seems like he was been on a on a on a search and destroy mission from day one, and uh, un, unduly partisan, and that continues until now. I think they were surprised, like everybody was, that uh, the president won. Uh, while uh, while the counterintelligence investigation might have been warranted based on some peripheral activities by some of these hangers-on in the campaign, um, it's pretty clear to me that the president himself was never told that the Russians were shaking the, the door handle and the windows and trying to get into the campaign, and given the uh, a defensive briefing that uh, Loretta Lynch said was routine. And uh, so he could tell these folks to knock it off or disassociate them with, uh, with his, uh, them with his campaign. So, Larry Arn, that raises, uh, President of Hillsdale College, that you are a fundamental question that you often raise. Do the people run the government or do the government run the people? Yeah, and the people, the people we're talking about are in agencies that use force, including force on the American people. And so they have to be accountable back through the constitutional methods to the people who are elected, to the officers of the government who are elected. And so when there's an election, it's, you know, there's an article in the Wall Street Journal today that they're taken after the Electoral College again. Yep. Right. And, and so the Electoral College is old, and its purpose is to spread the vote across the country because they're trying to unite a great nation and have all the parts of it count. And there's plenty of ways, massive ways, especially the House of Representatives, for just the popular vote to bear on the country, on, on the politics of the country, and, and ultimately be decisive in them. And the, pre- and the popular vote in the Electoral College never diverge very far. But nonetheless, this fake, this uh, investigation and these attacks on the Electoral College are both uh, signs that much of our population will not except the results of an election unless they win. And they'll win by remarkable means, and some of those people are sworn officers of the government. And, I mean, using force kind of officers. You know, McCabe has been saying in his book tour, I mean, being printed with approval, that we saw a problem with Trump and we knew he had to be stopped. Yes. Who are they to do that? Who are they to do that? That is the number one question. We'll continue talking about it with Dr. Larry Arn of Hillsdale College. All things Hillsdale are at hillsdale.edu, including your opportunity to sign up for the free speech digest. And I mean free at hillsdale.edu in primus. Stay tuned. Welcome back, America. It's Hugh Hewitt in the relieffactor.com studio. It is the Hillsdale Dialogue, our weekly go big with Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College. Uh, go big means we we focus on the big issues, not the breaking news, though I keep my eye on the breaking news. In fact, there is some breaking news. Over in Great Britain, Boris Johnson has announced he will vote for the May deal. Over in Great Britain, Dominic Robb has announced he will vote for the May deal. 
and so it is possible um, that uh, they'll get there. Uh, Preeti Patel has not thrown in yet one way or the other. And uh, Larry Arn and I agree, they got to get out. They just got to get out. So, Dr. Arn, uh, I want to play for you one more clip. This is Josh Hawley, uh, senator from Missouri. And I, I compared getting him to the senator like Baker Mayfield going to the Browns. This guy is smart. Uh, Robert's clerk, Mike McConnell clerk, uh, wrote a book about TR right out of Stanford College. I mean, he's really smart. And here's our conversation. I have said that I believe that we need a special counsel. We also need oversight hearings. <laughs> it's not either or. It's both and. And uh, look, I, I, I said I demanded answers to you from the FBI. I sent them a letter. I've sent them two letters now, actually, particularly on this counterintelligence investigation that Andy McCabe has told the world about and that we've learned about, that they launched against the president of the United States. You know, this is a spy. I mean, counterintelligence is a spy investigation that they launched against the president because, from what we can tell, they disliked his foreign policy stance. I mean, it's extraordinary. You talk about a separation of powers crisis. That's one right there. So I've, I've demanded answers from the FBI. They've stonewalled me. Uh, they've, they, have, they have tried to uh, just completely shut out uh, me and my staff. So I said, look, if it takes a special counsel then to get up in their business, then that's what we need to do. And Congress, we need to put these people under oath, uh, bring them in, put them before the cameras and make them answer questions. But yes, I mean, we cannot allow what has happened in the last two years to happen again to any other president. And as a, as a constitutional lawyer, I could say my big concern here is the, the appropriate functioning of our Constitution. And the, the elected representatives, the president, the elected members of Congress, they're the ones who are supposed to be on behalf of the people managing our government, not unelected agents, uh, whether that's the political leadership of the FBI or anybody else. Uh, I think Holly has got it. You, we, your reaction, Dr. Arndt? I love that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you, I, I, I've been thinking while we were on the break, we, we, we ought to, there ought to be a way to uh, get journalists to take a basic course in government. Because oh, dear, that would break the machine. It's so confused, right? And then here from Holly, we get clarity. The truth of the matter is that I, the first and most important thing to guarantee that the government can be strong enough to protect you but not oppress you is they have to ask you permission to do things yes consent of the governed right that's everything in america starts with that it's the first country in history built entirely on that it's why it's been able to remain free so for so long right and these murky messy uh understandings that we have now that dominate the news i mean part of the news that I only read about. I don't really watch it. But um, uh, that, 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 you know, James Comey is some source of authority. And he's not. He's a recipient of authority. He's not. Uh, and, you know, basic constitutional ignorance, people saying, why did Bill Barr, the attorney general, make the conclusion he did? To which I have responded, Bill Barr is the 85th attorney general. And from the first, Edmund Randolph to him, they are the president's principal agent for the execution of the laws, which is committed to the president by the Constitution. That's why he made the decision. Let the, Congress doesn't uh, uh, prosecute anyone. Courts don't prosecute anyone. But you know what? A lot of my colleagues lack that basic understanding. I uh, uh, talk about Barr for a minute. I, 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 I'm developing a picture of a man with a wry sense of humor. 
Yes. He, he, he doesn't joke a lot, but you know that the passage in, in his report to Congress where he says that, you know, this under this obstruction of justice stuff, quite a lot of it happened in public. <laughs> yes. In other words, you know. You Everybody to... knows what we're talking about. <laughs> he was tweeting, was the president. Was, that's a... <laughs> <laughs> that is very wry. I hadn't thought about that. Much of it occurred in public. I was thinking of him firing Comey, and that's in public. I mean, the whole obstruction thing is just silly. Robert Mueller punted. Uh, and he punted my view. This is all speculation. So I'm going to speculate. My view is he had 17 rabid anti-Trump people who wanted him to invent a new crime uh, and go after the president, naming an unindicted co-conspirator. And he said, no, I'm, I'm not doing that, uh, but I'll do better. I'll, I'll make Barr do it, not me. Because although, although I hate to do it, I'm actually going to congratulate you because uh, you said that Mueller would, would be a really good guy and he would be objective. And then after that, he went and hired, he did hire a bunch of anti you know, a bunch of Democratic operatives, people with real experience in politics, a lot of them. And, you know, very elite lawyers as well. They were qualified, as far as I know, and I know many of them were. But it, it didn't look good, right? And then he's fishing around and all that stuff, right? But the report comes out, uh, well, we'll see the whole report. But I, I can't imagine, by the way that the summary will differ extensively from the whole report. And by the way, we will never see the whole report, and I want people to understand this, at the, at the Nixon Library, as at the Reagan Library, as at the Carter Library and the Clinton Library and the soon-to-be-corrected Obama Library, there's something called a research room and a declassification staff. And they won't let you see things from 50 years ago, unless it's safe. There's going to be a lot of stuff in the Barr report about methods and sources on how we surveil Russians mm-hmm. that we will never let out. Or we will be telling them uh, who our spies are, basically. And so we'll never see the full report. But they're building up the expectation that by not just throwing it on the table, we are being bad. Now, i got to read for you, Larry Arn, Mark Thiessen, who's a fine columnist of the Washington Post. And a friend of Victor Davis Hanson's, friend of many of ours. He wrote this morning, Trump has called for House Intelligence Committee Adam Schiff to resign. Schiff is a disgrace, writes Thiessen, but he is not alone. Representative Eric Swalwell of California, a member of the Intelligence Committee, said, quote, in our investigation, we saw strong evidence of collusion and declared Trump an agent, quote, working on behalf of the Russians. House Judiciary Committee Jerry Nadler declared, quote, it's clear that the campaign colluded. There's a lot of evidence of that, close quote. Senator Richard Blumenthal, member of the Judiciary Committee, assured us last year that, quote, the evidence is pretty clear that there was collusion between Trump campaign and the Russians. Senator Ron Wyden, a member of the Intelligence Committee, said, quote, there is no longer a question of whether this is a campaign thought to collude with a hostile foreign power to subvert America's democracy. And recently, the committee's vice chair, Senator Warner, declared, quote, enormous amounts of evidence, close quote, exist of collusion between Trump and Russia. And, quote, there's no one that could factually say there's not plenty of evidence of collaboration or communications between the Trump Organization and Russians, period. Except, adds Thiessen, for Mueller, of course. These comments by people with access to intelligence were shameful. And then he goes on to blast John Brennan. It is, there's a reckoning. I don't know how we get past this. It's kind of, we didn't have a civil war that had shots fired, thank God. But we've had three years of, of just tectonic clashes. And Trump won. He's vindicated. He is exonerated. Not one American did one thing that led to a collusion charge. Not one. How long is it going to take to play out the consequences of this? Well, there's uh, so I think that uh, two things 
need to happen, and one of them is going to happen. The bad one is going to happen. The good thing that needs to happen is these events should be investigated in order to dramatize and, 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 and emphasize the point that people who are employed as permanent officials in the government work for people who are elected. If you don't have that, you don't have representative government. If you don't have representative government, you've got King George III on steroids. Let, let's repeat that. People who work in the government work for people who are elected, not independent of them. That's right, and that's the only way that those people can work for us, right? Because they're not going to report to us directly. And this fuzziness, which is a, at the heart of progressive understanding, it comes from German historicism and everywhere, that somehow experts are the people with title to rule. So Comey is an expert in law enforcement, and, you know, there's, there's, there's literally 23 million people who work for the government of the United States, state, federal, and local, mostly state and local. So there's millions, right? And, and the point is, if they have title to rule because they occupy these positions, then we're working for them now. And so that point needs to be emphasized. That's why Hawley is right. We should call those people in and we should ask them the question, who gave you the authority to launch an investigation of the President of the United States? And on what evidence did you do it? And I expect Attorney General Barr and FBI Director Ray, who are good people, to demand this accounting. I also expect charges to be brought against people who abuse the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act because we are Americans and we do not surveil each other absent the most pressing evidence of active agency or past active agency with people uh, of foreign governments. We just don't, I did that for, for, for both Bill Smith and Ed Meese. We would never have approved that FISA warrant, Larry Arn. Yeah, well, and you know, as memory serves, when you're a, you're a lawyer, you're an officer of the court. If you're working for the Justice Department, that's the second injunction that you have to obey the law carefully. And the point is, you can't not tell the court relative things against your position. And they didn't mention the provenance of that dossier. And so a court issued a, a permission to investigate, to surveil a presidential campaign on incomplete evidence. And that's, you know, that's the kind of basic blocking and tackling you don't do. Yeah. And and so there, so that that needs to be gone into, and then deeply. The, the, yeah, hold the is, third thought. Hold the third thought. I got to take my break here, and I'll be right back with Dr. Larry Arn of Hillsdale College as we look at the week that exploded the resistance and determined that there was no collusion by not one American, not one, uh, was treasonous, and that is what we should be celebrating. You're listening to the Hillsdale Dialogue with Dr. Larry Arn. Stay tuned. Welcome back, America 2 Hewitt, 51 minutes after the hour. I'm joined by Dr. Larry Arn, president of Hillsdale College, as this is the Hillsdale Dialogue. You can find everything about Hillsdale at hillsdale.edu. You can get an application for yourself, or if you've got a son or daughter, a granddaughter or grandson, you should go and apply now for the fall class, and you shouldn't wait around. Uh, I mean, not the fall class, but for the uh, following fall class. Shouldn't wait around. Get serious about this and go listen to their wonderful courses. Dr. Arn, Senator, uh, Senate Majority Leader McConnell announced uh, yesterday 
that next week they're going to change the rules of the Senate using the procedure designed by Harry Reid, which does not require 60 votes. It requires 51. And they're going to accelerate nominees because the Democrats who changed those rules to get what they wanted have played slowdown ball to stop what we want, even though we won the election, which is judges and nominees and ambassadors. What do you make of this? Well, I think it's uh, there's nothing more important than to in, in American politics today. It's much more important, by the way, than the judges who love to harp about being a lawyer. There's nothing so important as the recovery of the legislative power to the representatives of the people. They don't make many of the laws anymore. They make a lot of laws, actually, but ten times more made by the bureaucracy. So you'll never get that done, nor these judges through, unless you abandon this distortion of the filibuster that has become enshrined as if it were ancient history, but it started in the mid-1970s. And before that, what the filibuster meant was you could stop a thing if you would stay on the floor and argue or give off to others who would, and the whole business of the Senate had to stop while you did it. And so they're famous filibusters, and they're great debates, and the reason they come to an end is that the pressure builds because the Senate's got other stuff to do. In other words, the filibuster, an old thing from the British Parliament, is a way to guarantee that there's a heck of a big public argument. That's what it's for. But, you know, they call it unlimited debate. But, but the way it works now is that an individual member or on a committee, uh, the judge's thing is called blue slips, uh, they, they just go and tell the clerk they enter a filibuster and the issue goes off the calendar. So, in other words, the filibuster has been converted into a thing that prevents debate. And McConnell and, and, and uh, Senator Grassley from, from Iowa have both taken steps to relax that as regards judges, and I wish they would do it more generally. And they, they are going to do it more generally as of next week. That's what McConnell said. And I'm all for it. And people are saying, what about tradition, et cetera? I have never liked the filibuster because it's not in the Constitution. But each Senate, each body gets to make its own rules. And if the Democrats are going to break the rules whenever they want to break the rules, then the Republicans should do that. And I know this sounds a little bit like the 1850s, right, when it was tit for tat and everyone played hardball. But in fact, they haven't yet changed the rule on the legislative filibuster. If we could get to a real filibuster rule, that would be fine. But as for now, I want my judges because, you know, to get control of this government, the administrative state, we need judges who will abandon what is known as the Chevron Doctrine and make these bureaucrats answer questions. Dr. Ron. That's it. And, you, you know, they, the, in the end, I, I don't, you know, it's a very technical world, we love to say, and we have to have lots of regulation at the central source. I don't much believe that myself. I do think that there's a lot of things that have to be regulated that didn't used to be, but the regulations that are passed should be reviewed and ratified by the Congress of the United States and by the state legislatures, because it's nothing but mischief if you delegate the legislative power, as is clear from the founders. And, and, and we have done that, and we have done that again and again and again. And there is something called the non-delegation doctrine, which has not been extant uh, in our constitutional law since the 30s, right, when FDR right. rolled the court. I'm beginning to think, I think Kavanaugh and Gorsuch are in favor of reviving it. I know that Clarence Thomas is. 
I think Justice Alito is. I'm not sure where the Chief Justice is, but we need that. Yeah, we we, 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 we got to make them do their job. And you know, uh, Leader McConnell, you know, he's giving a talk for Hillsdale College on these themes pretty soon, and I'm extremely interested to hear what he's going to say. I've talked to him about some of these things, and he sees, you know, and, and of course, a lot of people say, and they're right, that uh, if the Democrats win the presidency in the Senate next time in the House, then they're just going to roll, right? And uh, they'll do a lot of bad things. And I, my comment about that was, you know, they already did. <laughs> but, uh, but the thing is, whatever we do, shouldn't we have a big public argument about it? Shouldn't it be, you know, I, there was a time when what senators said on the floor, you, you by the way, are kind of a recovery of that because you keep interviewing these senators and playing what they say to you, right? Yes. But there used to be a time when the debates were avidly read by people. And that we need to get back to that time because that's an argument about how we're to be governed. That is exactly. That's why we do the Hillsdale Dialogue, America. Dr. Larry Arn, thank you, my friend. Thanks all of you for listening. This is a, uh, a, a, a Beltway show, but I'm going to be back in California at the beginning of the week, then back here at the end of the week. And so... Stay with us, please. Stay with us. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Generalissimo. This is The Hugh Hewitt Show.